Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. And before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a quick shout out and a thank you to everyone that has been leaving reviews on Apple. I know that Google and Spotify don't really allow you to leave reviews, but for those of you listening on Apple Podcasts, thank you for doing so. If you have not already done so, I always appreciate it. And just wanted to highlight one of the recent reviews that came in that says, I listen to every major retirement podcast, roughly 15 or so weekly, and this one is among the very best. Simple, easy advice for the entire gamut of investors, novice to expert, great show. That is from USAF Perio. Thank you very much for that feedback. So just wanted to say thank you before diving into everyone who is leaving reviews. If you've not already done so, please do that. If you're enjoying the show, it means a lot to me. It allows more people to find the show and I really appreciate that. So with that being said, I want to jump into today's episode. And for today, we actually have a listener question that we're going to be going through. And here's the question from the listener. It says, good morning. Some background on us, we live in California, and we have a portfolio valued at $3.25 million with another $600,000 in lump sum contributions coming in the next two years. We are looking at a $10,000 per month income stream for retirement. Social Security will be deferred for 66 for my wife and until 67, maybe 70 for me. Distributions are set to begin in August. I have a question. We have a $163,000 mortgage, which we pay $900 per month on, and the interest rate is 3.35%. I'm 59 years old and have been retired since 56, and my wife is 62 and will be retiring this July. Would it be better to pay it off or let the $163,000 work in our portfolio over the next 21 years? One of the arguments to leave it is that a 6% return will pay for it and allow for continued growth. Our counter to that is, number one, there's no guarantee of that return over the next 21 years. Number two, we are still going to be paying the principal and interest for the next 21 years. Three, by paying it off, we will save $900 per month on our income streams. Four, that $900 can now grow in the portfolio. And number five, what is a guaranteed savings and interest versus the historical potential return if we leave it. Listening to your podcast on carrying a small mortgage into retirement is what prompted all this debate. Thank you for the question. And and, and the gist of it is essentially, should I take funds that I have and use those to pay off my mortgage? Or should I let those funds stay invested? Listener's name is Jose. Jose, you said that this was prompted by listening to episode number eight that was called, Should I Take a Small Mortgage into Retirement? So if that's a question that you have as we go through this, reference episode number eight, Should I Take a Small Mortgage into Retirement? But let's jump into this. So the crux of the question, what do I do with assets, pay off mortgage or invest? Now, let's go over what we do now. Number one, we know the mortgage balance is $163,000. And we know that the minimum payment is $900 per month. We also know the interest rate is 3.35%. So let's just do a simple analysis. And this, this type of simple analysis is where most financial projections would start and end. So let's just use this as a starting point, and then we'll jump into some more details as well. But let's look at both scenarios. Number one, you have assets in your portfolio, and you could take $163,000 of those assets, either from cash or from investments, and you could pay off the mortgage. The second option is you could leave all of your money fully invested, and instead of paying out the mortgage as a lump sum, you just pay $900 per month, and over the next 21 years, that mortgage will gradually be paid down until it is fully paid off. So how do we compare these two? Well, let's just look at it. If you just paid your $900 per month for the next 21 years, 
you would have ended up paying $227,000 over the next 21 years. If you just look at mortgage amortization schedule, you pay $227,000 over the next 21 years. What does that look like? Well, 163,000 of that, of course, is just paying off the mortgage. That's the principal balance. And so 163,000 of that goes to pay off the principal. The other 64,000 on top of that though, is mortgage or is interest. It's interest that you're paying on your mortgage. So you pay 227, 163,000 that principal, 64,000 of it is interest. So right there, what we can see is if you have $163,000 laying around, if you paid off the mortgage, that's gonna save you $64,000 of interest over the next 21 years. So that, that's a decent chunk of change. That's one option. The other option though, is we need to take a look at what if instead of taking that $163,000 and paying off the mortgage, what if you invested that? What would the future value of that be? So we have a point to, to compare it to or a reference point. So if you invested $163,000, and you grew it at 6%, which is, Jose, the number that you used in this example here, and if you did that for 21 years, you would end up with about $554,000 in 21 years. So 163,000 of that is what you put in, and 391,000 of that is growth on your principal. So growth on what you put in. So from a very simple analysis, paying off the mortgage now saves you $64,000 in interest that you would pay over the course of the next 21 years, but investing that money and just making the minimum payments on the mortgage, if that money grows at 6%, well, that gets you $391,000 of growth. So the comparison there is, do you save $64,000 in interest or do you get $391,000 of growth? If you invest that money and it grows by that amount, you end up coming out ahead by about $327,000. So you look at this in the textbook answer, the answer most finance people are gonna give is don't pay off the mortgage invest it, you're gonna come out ahead. And there is some truth to that. But the real world answer is a lot more nuanced than that. And so let's dive into what a real world answer would actually come down to. And, it, and it's gonna come down to, it, it depends. And it depends a lot on you, you personally, and some of the things that you wanna make sure happen. So I'm just gonna go through, Jose, you listed five points, five points to your question, kind of counter arguments to paying off the mortgage. Let's go through those one by one because I think a lot of them are valid. Number one is you said there is no guarantee of getting that return over the next 21 years. So it's easy for us to do this analysis and say, oh, well, what if you invest that money and you get 6% or whatever the rate of return is? Well, you're going to come out ahead rather than just paying that mortgage off using that money. That's true, but there's no guarantee in that. We have no guarantee of what money or the markets or investing is going to do over the next 21 years. All we have is history and data to see what's the market done in the past. And while that's not perfect, it gives us a really great starting point as we do this analysis. So here's one thing I like to look at. Over the last 80 years, I like to know what are the best and worst possible rolling returns, not even possible, but the, the best and worst actual returns that the stock market has gone through. So if we look at the S&P 500 and use that as a proxy for the stock market, so the largest companies in America, well, over any given one year time period, the best it's ever done is it returned 61% from May of 1942 until May of the following year. So it had a one year return of 61%. The worst year it's ever had was it was down 43% from March of 2008 until March of the following year. So over any given year, there's a huge discrepancy or a huge range of potential outcomes. You could be up 61% or down 43%. 
if history is any guide in terms of what we can expect going forward over the next 80 years. This is looking at the best 80 years of data. Now, if you go back 10 years, or I'm sorry, if you look at all rolling 10-year time periods, what you see now is the best annualized return, the best 10-year average return was the market was up 21% per year for 10 years in a row on average, starting in June of 1949. The worst ever 10-year experience it had was it was down about 3.5%. So three down 3.5% per year for 10 years in a row, starting in March of 1999 until March of 2009. So what was happening there is you were investing at the top of the market right before the dot-com bubble burst, the bubble burst, then 9-11 happened, then the market recovered, then the housing crisis happened, and then the market recovered. But overall, you lost almost 3.5% for 10 years in a row. Now, if we compare that to the one-year return, with the best case being up 61% and the worst case being down 43%, you see that range of outcomes has narrowed, but there's still potential to have a negative outcome. Now, what happens when we extend that to 20 years? If you extend that to 20 years, then the best 20-year return the stock market has ever generated, the U.S. S&P 500 stock market, was it averaged an 18% per year annualized growth rate from April of 1980 until April of 2000. So it averaged 18% per year, which if you do that for 20 years, that's going to make you a whole lot of money. Now, that's not what we're concerned about. We're not concerned about what's the best case. We're concerned about what's the worst case. What if we do this and we don't get what we want to get out of it? Well, the worst 20-year time period, and again, this is only looking at the past 80 years, but over the past 80 years, the worst 20-year return the S&P's generated is about 4.8% per year. Now, interestingly, that time period starts in April of 2000 until April of 2020, which means, again, you you started right as the market's about to burst from the dot-com bubble bursting, then 9-11, then it recovers, and you have the housing crisis, and it crashes again, then it recovers, and then April of last year, April of 2020, right in the middle of COVID and the stock market crashing again. So if you were the unluckiest investor over the past 80 years and you invested your money for 20 years, the worst case scenario was your money grew by 4.8% per year if you were just investing in the S&P 500. So why do I mention that? I mention that because when we talk about there being no guarantee in investing, you're absolutely right. There is never a guarantee. What we're investing for isn't to get a guarantee. We're investing because of what's probable. And while we can't predict exactly what the stock market's going to do, when we start looking at best cases, worst cases, and in-between cases for any given time period, it helps to put in perspective what we might be able to expect. So back to the question. If we're looking at paying off a mortgage over the next 21 years versus paying it off all today, well, if we're going to pay it off over 21 years and invest today instead of taking that money that we could invest in paying off the mortgage, we have history that shows us that the worst 20-year time period this S&P has ever done over the last 80 years is a positive return of 4.8%. So is that a guarantee going forward? No, but it gives us some perspective that is it reasonable to expect some rate of return? Most likely, yes. So while there isn't a return, what we can see is that there's the market has demonstrated an ability to do well over time. Who knows what the future holds, but that's a good starting point. Number two, the second counterpoint you gave was we're going to pay off the principal and interest anyways over the next 21 years. So does it make sense to do it now? Yeah, you are going to pay it off regardless. None of these scenarios avoids, of course, paying off the principal and interest of the loan. That's going to happen. The main question, what this ultimately comes down to is just opportunity cost. 
we all have finite resources in terms of the dollars that we have. And what's the best use of each of those dollars? Is it paying down debt or investing? Paying down debt, of course, it has benefits. It's going to reduce your monthly expenses. It's going to free up $900 per month to do something else with, which could include investing. It's probably going to give you a lot of peace of mind to knowing your mortgage is paid off. Those are the benefits. Now, the opportunity cost is you no longer have $163,000 of assets that could be invested in growing with the stock market or investing or growing with whatever the investment is. Now, on the flip side, there's opportunity costs with investing the $163,000. That's money that you can't do something with today, including pay off the mortgage. So it's not about, I'm going to pay it anyway, so might as well do it now or might as well do it over the next 21 years. It's really about the opportunity cost of each decision that you're making. Now, the third counterpoint by paying it off now, we will save $900 per month, and that's $900 that can now grow in, in the portfolio. So yes, this is a great point as well, kind of an in-between scenario. We started the episode by saying, assuming that you have $163,000 in cash or in investments, and assuming you have $163,000 on the mortgage, we looked at an either-or scenario of do you either pay off the mortgage or leave that money fully invested and see what it grows to. What you're referring to here is kind of an in-between scenario. What if you were to take that $163,000 and pay off the mortgage, but didn't just stop there, but you then redirected the $900 per month of payments you were making into investments. So now that the mortgage is paid off, take the money that was going to pay the mortgage and invest that money instead. That is definitely a great scenario to consider as well. Here's how that works out. If you take that $900 per month, that was previously going to the mortgage, and now you're investing it into something that's growing at 6% per year because your mortgage is now gone. Well, that $900 per month invested for 21 years, growing at 6% per year, would grow to $432,000. So a pretty decent sum. Now, keep in mind, if you just invested the money from the beginning, so if you just kept that $163,000 invested and it grew at 6% per year, you ended up with $554,000. So you now have $432,000, which is about $122,000 fewer dollars than you would have but it's a nice in-between scenario. It kind of accomplishes two of your goals. It gets the mortgage paid off right away, and then it helps you build up that money. So it's not just paying off the mortgage and then spending that and, and essentially depleting that, but you're using the $900 to invest back into your portfolio and growing it back, not to what it would have been had you just invested the money right off the bat, but to something more than if you just paid off the mortgage and were just satisfied with that. Now, the fourth counterpoint that you provided is what's the guaranteed savings and interest versus the historical potential return if we leave it? So this comes back to the opportunity cost again. If we pay down the mortgage, there is a guaranteed rate of return that you're going to get. By not paying the bank 3.35% interest or whatever any interest rate on your debt is, that is a guaranteed rate of return. That is money you are guaranteed to have to pay to the bank if you don't pay off your mortgage right now. So by doing this, by taking $163,000 and paying off the mortgage, you are getting a guaranteed interest savings of $64,000. Now, what's the guarantee that you're going to get when you invest that money? What guaranteed rate of return are you going to get if you were to invest? Well, nothing. There, there's really no guaranteed rate of return. Now, you can go to your bank, you can get a CD, and there's, there's going to be a guaranteed interest rate for that. But that interest rate is going to be very, very small much less than what we're looking at here in terms of the guaranteed savings on your, your mortgage. So if it comes down to guarantees versus potential, one aspect of this is just your comfort level with risk. What would you call your, your risk tolerance, your comfort level as an investor? If you are looking for guarantees, well, maybe the best possible thing you could do is pay off a mortgage. You are getting a guarantee that's going to be hard to come by anywhere else. But if you're more looking for what's the best return on my investment, 
you can look at historical potential returns. We can see what history has shown us different types of investments have grown at in the past. And if you're comfortable accepting a probable rate of return, but that's not a guaranteed rate of return, that's where you could probably do better if you didn't pay off the mortgage, but you're certainly not going to have a guarantee. So that's where understanding yourself comes into play of what makes you feel more comfortable, what gives you more peace of mind, because there is no guarantee in investing. There is a probability that you'll get a better rate of return, but it's certainly not a guarantee. Now, another consideration that, Jose, you didn't ask that I would add to this is, are you okay with debt? Some people, they just don't like debt. They don't want car payments. They don't want credit cards. They don't want mortgage. And if that's you, great, pay it off. Other people are totally fine with that. They're totally fine with having a mortgage. They're totally fine with having a mortgage payment. And as soon as it's, or assuming it's not an unreasonable amount or assuming the interest rate isn't too high, then they're fine with it. So I would say there's a lot of feelings we have about debt that also need to go into this. So what you'll quickly start to see is this seems like a simple decision. Should I pay off the mortgage or should I invest? And and at the surface level, it is simple, but there's a whole bunch of different considerations that you need to take into account as you make this decision. So my thoughts are this, and, and I'll say very clearly, just like with any episode, this is for educational purposes only. This is for hypothetical or illustrative purposes only. Nothing should ever be construed as a specific recommendation. I, of course, don't know anyone's specific circumstances, but my general thoughts are I don't think it matters that much. And I say that fully respectfully. I don't mean that in a sense that this isn't an important decision. It is, but I would probably say, which one are you leaning towards? Paying off the debt or investing? And whatever you are leaning towards, whatever would make you feel better, I would probably say, go with that. And that probably seems odd. You say, okay, well, you're a financial planner. Financial planners are supposed to tell us what to do with our money and and don't let us just do whatever we want because sometimes what we want isn't a good thing. Well, here's why I'm saying this. In finances, like in life, there are big decisions and then there are little decisions. And we only have so much energy and mental, mental bandwidth to go around to address all that. So how do we quickly analyze each decision to see if it's a big decision or a little decision? And I'm not going to say this is a little decision because paying off a mortgage is not a little decision. Investing $163,000 is not a little decision. But relative to everything else you have going on, from what I can tell from this question, it's a relatively small decision. I can already tell that you've done a great job of saving and investing. The amount that you said that you have in your retirement accounts and the other amounts that are coming in, it seems to be enough to fully cover the income needs that you stated that you have. Of course, don't know your investments. I don't know anything about your personal risk profile or anything like that. But what it tells me is you're in a good position to be able to meet all of your income needs. And it's not a matter of, am I going to run out of money or not? This question that you're asking isn't what's the good decision and what's the bad decision. It's they're both good. So it's, it's good versus better, not good versus bad. You have enough assets now and you have more to come with a lump sum that you mentioned coming in that you're not going to be dependent upon. Your retirement's not contingent upon did you make the right decision between paying off your mortgage or keeping that money invested. Both are positive momentum things. Both are adding value to what you're doing. So while your typical financial person, I think, would probably say, why on earth would you pay off your mortgage when you can invest that money? And there's some, there's some truth to that. My bigger thing would be what's going to make you feel better? The goal of money isn't to accumulate as much as possible. It's not just to see how much can I have when I'm 90 or 100 or whatever it is. It's to do the things that give you peace of mind and that make you feel better along the way. So when I say it doesn't matter, when I say whatever you feel like, it's not meant to be a flippant conversation or a flippant comment. It's meant to say you're in a strong position from what I can tell. You've done the right things along the way. This decision should be more about maximizing peace of mind and more about maximizing what's going to make you feel better because it looks like you're going to be okay either way. 
we kind of flushed out the pros and cons for each. Financially, it probably would be better if you knew that you're going to get 6% per year rate of return or something higher. It would probably be better not to pay off your mortgage and to invest that money instead, purely from a financial standpoint. What you also have to look at is the emotional side, the peace of mind side, the what works better for you and your family side. And if those sides of the equation, if those parts of the question are tilting towards paying off the mortgage, even though it might not be the best, quote unquote, the best thing financially, it still makes sense to do so. So I hope that was helpful. Now, everyone's situation, depending on how much you have in assets or income or the amount of debt that you have or the amount that you could invest, obviously, this is going to be different for each person. But I hope that framework is helpful as we go through this to see what might make sense in either scenario. Once again, thank you for the question. I always love getting questions from listeners. Thank you for leaving reviews. Those of you who left reviews, if you've not done so already, just end the reminder to do that, please. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.